I think dealing with any client is, is you've actually got to get on and do what you say you're going to do pretty quickly. You, know, you can't procrastinate, can't leave things. You know, we're, we're dealing with people's biggest assets, whether it be an investment, whether it be the house that they sell. So if you drop the ball, you might not think it's big, but they do. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Welcome to another episode of the Elevate podcast, where we delve into some of the most interesting minds in business and in real estate for the very best tips and strategies for you to implement to elevate your business. I'm Samantha McLean, editor of Elite Agent and host of today's show. My guest today is Anthony Webb, who's the chief executive officer of Philip Webb Real Estate in Melbourne. The company is celebrating a super important milestone due to their 50th year in business. So congratulations and welcome to the show, Anthony. Thank you very much for having me. It's wonderful to have you. So let's start by talking about this 50-year milestone. I mean, amazing, amazing longevity in the industry. Your father, Philip, launched the business and still works in the agency uh, full-time, so it's still very much a family affair. Tell me about the history of the company. I'm sure that that has, you know, somehow been bred into the culture of the firm in a number of different ways. It definitely has. It's it's sort of... A pretty amazing journey, 50 years, and even just the way that the area in which we work in has transformed so much over that time, it's hugely amazing. That first started, this was all orchards. Um, and so, you know, the all house and land packages and those sorts of things were being sold. And he sort of started in real estate straight out of school. So um, he uh, applied for a job. Uh, it said no experience necessary. And he thought he was perfect for it. And he, he got into real estate because uh, he didn't do great. He wanted to be an architect as he was growing up, but didn't get the, the scores in school. And um, that, that was sort of how he started. And at, at 19 years old, he and um, one of the guys he was working with opened up their business together. And it's sort of amazing thinking now, uh, you know, a 19-year-old going out and starting up their own business and, and sort of going the distance like he has, it's been pretty phenomenal. The cornerstones or the way dad started his business was really based on three things. He, he told everyone that he was going to work harder than anybody else. Uh, he was going to tell it to them straight and he was going to give them the best experience that they'd ever had. And and that's sort of where we still stand now and, and, and how we sort of view our business. And how many employees does Philip Webb have now? Uh, it's, it's 120. We've got a few casuals and I, I hate saying full-time equivalents, but I, I think right now we've got 118 full-time equivalents. Yeah, amazing. And at what point did you join the business? Uh, I started in 1998 uh, getting paid. Uh, <laughs> I, I, know I make that uh, sort of the definition because in a family business, uh, I attended my first auction in a suit when I was six years old yeah. um, and, you know, stood next to dad's and I got my first bonus that day. I got a bonus for standing really straight and I got a bonus for ringing the bell and I got a bonus if they sell the property. So Penciling? Also, Were you penciling as well? At, at six, I was a little bit young. Oh, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I, I just stood really straight next to him. And uh, yeah, he sold all three. I got a dollar fifty per auction, and you know it was pretty phenomenal as a six-year-old getting what four dollars uh, four dollars fifty as a bonus. It was huge. 
And was there ever any doubt that you would follow in his footsteps into the family business? Uh, yes, for me. I think if you went back and asked me when I was 16 years old or told me when I was 16 years old that you're going to be you know, nearly 41 and, and working in real estate and doing so for, for pretty much all your career, I would have told you you were crazy. Um, I sort of saw dad uh, and how hard he worked when I was a kid. And no, I, I definitely didn't think that this was the path I was going to take. And what made you choose real estate after all of that? Oh, I um, I went to boarding school. So when I finished year 12, I um, I went on schoolies, as a lot of people do, and I borrowed some money off Dad to do that because I, I didn't have a job while I was, I was at boarding school. And he said, well, when you get back from, uh, from schoolies, you can come and work for me till Christmas and pay me back. And uh, I sort of – I remember we got to Christmas time and I, I was – really enjoying it. There was a good bunch of people. It was really, uh, the energy and the vibe was amazing. And I sort of said, well, can I stay? And I, I did. So that, that's sort of how it happened. And you know, I, I worked part-time while I was at university, but I, I just kept coming back and, and coming back to, I, I guess, the, the energy and, and the buzz of real estate. And what part of the business excites you the most? Is it sales or property management? I guess when I first started and, and first started working full time, I went into property management. And as a younger male, I don't think I was organised enough or, or sort of had the internal fortitude to do it. So I really struggled. So sales is, is something that I've probably enjoyed the most. As I've, I guess, gotten older and gotten a little bit more experience, and yeah, we, we've got quite a big rent roll. We manage six thousand rental properties. It's something that. I've had to get my head around and it's now something I, I, I spend most of my, I'm not most, but probably about 60% of my time now working in property management with the property management team. Yeah. I was going to say 6,000 is a lot. What are some of the unique challenges that you face with a rent roll that large? In particularly in Melbourne at the moment, the, the biggest issue that we're facing is, is lack of property management. It's you know, a, a role that takes a really unique person, just about every single phone call either creates more work or is, is angst. No one really calls and says thank you. And I think with the the, the kicker of COVID, a, a lot of property managers left the industry. Um, so finding good property managers is, is probably the biggest challenge there at the moment. Interesting. And so... With this 50-year anniversary, so we're going to we're going to get into the leadership diaries in a second. But as you and I speak right now, Melbourne's in lockdown a second. Well, sorry, lockdown 4.0 or 5.0 or something like that. 5.0, I think now. Yeah, how are you guys coping with that? I guess that's where having a good rent roll has a huge impact, and I think. Um, yeah, we're seeing more agencies down here definitely see that. So the, having the big rent roll has helped us from a business point of view get through. Um, in terms of the business, it's, it's really hard right now. We're not even allowed to do inspections on properties. Um, so we've got a, a sales team of people who are, are sitting there and you know, really hitting the phones each day. So I think the, the, the biggest challenge at the moment is to sort of keep the team motivated and upbeat and not letting them get too um, down the dumps. What do you find works for people um, motivating them during these crazy, crazy old times that we're in? In, in terms of motivating people, everyone's different. And I, I think for, for us, we're, you know, we, we have a big say that we're a family business, um, not from the view that it's just dad and me working here, but we do have those family ethoses. So it's, it's really you know, checking in on a mate, making sure that they're okay, 
they're having individual conversations with them because everyone's going through something different at the moment, whether it's, you know, we've, we've got one of our property managers at the moment, which is, you know, she's managing 230, 240 properties, plus she's got four kids homeschooling at the moment. Um, so her, her challenges are very different to, you know, someone else on the team who's living by themselves and feeling really isolated. So it's really getting our leadership team to work with every single person differently and, and sort of get down their level and, and put their arm around them a little bit. With everyone so busy at the moment and with with lockdown sort of obscuring things, what is the plan to celebrate this 50-year milestone once, once this is inevitably over? And I've got my fingers crossed in saying that. Um, well, we, we usually, I mean, we're, we're pretty well known for having our parties and having our celebrations. So we did plan to have our end of financial year party, uh, which is now we've had to move it three times and, and, and probably cancel now because we're not going to be able to do it. Um, so we'll probably look ahead to our Christmas party this year and, and look at doing something pretty special there. Yeah, and make it really big. Yeah, definitely. We would like to um, we'd like to ask you some questions that we call the leadership diaries, which is a set of questions that I ask um, well-known leaders in the industry and experienced leaders in the industry to, you know, help people maybe stepping into leadership roles or, or in leadership roles and and wondering what to do next. And I know you haven't seen these questions, so are you ready? Do it. Okay, let's do it. So first of all, I think you've answered this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What was your first job and what did it teach you? Well, I'll say my first paying job, uh, I actually worked uh, for a greengrocer. So um, we had one around the corner, um, just a, a fruit and veggie and as a, a sort of a 14, 15-year-old, I used to wake up pretty early and, and go into the markets with him, carry all the boxes back to the truck, and, and then once we got back to the fruit shop, unpack them. And what did you learn from that? Um, you know, I think, Lou, what I learned from that is, is, is really that sometimes you just got to get up and do what you don't want to do. Um, you know, when you're getting up at 3.30 to, you know, me jump on my bike and, and ride there and be there at 4 o'clock and go into the city with him cold, wet. Um, for me, it was just sometimes you just got to get up and, and show up. Did you ever get that penciling job, by the way? Uh, the penciling, yeah, I, I did that a lot. So, um you know, pencilling, I was really lucky to stand next to Dad at a heap of auctions and a lot of our amazing auctioneers over the years. So um, definitely have done that before. <laughs> I just wanted to check. I just wanted to close that loop just in case anyone was wondering if if you got promoted from just standing. <laughs> no, no, definitely as a six-year-old just standing, but no, definitely writing down as well and, and now an auctioneer. So what's the most important thing you're working on right now and how are you making that happen? I think the, one of the, the, the biggest things I'm working on right now is the, the leadership within our team. Um, so we're sort of looking for pathways in which people can grow within our business. We're lucky in terms of the fact that we've got three offices, we've got lots of different roles uh, within the business. So looking at finding great young people and helping them grow, whether it be to become a property manager, a property management team leader, salespeople into sales leadership roles, that they're, those pathways and sort of creating um, you know, future leaders within our business is probably my biggest focus right now. What's one common myth about real estate or leadership that you would like to personally set straight? Um, 
oh, I think most real estate agents get judged by their car or their suit or their haircut. So I, I think, yes, that's a, a part of, of what a lot of people do, but it's real estate so much more than that, whether you're, you're a property manager and dealing with all those frustrations from landlords, tenants, and okay, over the last 12 months, government intervention, um, or a salesperson just riding the highs and lows of uh, chasing deals. Uh, so there, there's always something, it's not as easy as it looks. You just mentioned government intervention, and I know that the the regulations have changed in Victoria a lot over the last 12 months. How have your guys found dealing with some of those things? Um, it's, it's been pretty brutal. Um, I mean, government intervention, I was talking more from the fact that, you know, we, we couldn't evict tenants, we couldn't do rental increases, uh, having to do rental negotiations and those sorts of things. The, the 130 changes that came into, you know, property management in Victoria have been pretty huge and um, really wide-reaching. So the, the, the fact that I think the, the eviction moratorium finished on the 29th and we have about a month to sort of get our head around these new regulations and then implement them, so we're, I'm lucky. I've got a, an amazing um, department head, Nikki, who has sort of worked tirelessly to, to sort of check and go through absolutely everything to implement them. So we're getting through it better than most, I think, but there's still new challenges every day while we're waiting for you know, the, the, the government just to clear a few things up for us. So what does the first hour of your day look like and how does it go after that? Are you a 5am clubber or do you have an ideal day? Um, not, uh, I'm probably pretty regimented. I'm, I'm definitely not uh, a 5am club sort of person. I, I do go to the gym three days a week. So that's, um, yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, I'm up there at six o'clock and that, that's sort of the first hour of those days. Um, otherwise it's in, in the morning, I've got two young kids, uh, in real estate, we don't get to spend too much time at home and both of mine are early risers. So I try and spend a little bit of time with them in the mornings. Um, but really it's, it's sort of getting ready and getting in and, and probably more crucial to me is that first hour I spend in the office each day. Who are three people who have been the most influential to you in your career? That's, that's a really tough one. Um, I, I've got to say dad. Um, I, I think, you know, Philip Webb's, you know, I think most real estate agents in Australia would know or have heard of him. Um, I'm lucky to have been able to tuck in, tuck in under his wing for so many years and meet so many amazing people and see the things that he's done for people without getting any recognition and the way that he's been able to grow a lot of people. So he's, he's probably definitely the biggest influence in my working life. Um, my mum. Uh, she's probably what the yin to dad's uh, yang. Um, so she, you know, where dad's probably that bolt of lightning. Um, you know, Mum's sort of the calm after the storm. So I, I sort of try and take a little bit from both of them in that respect. Um, the, the third person is no longer with us anymore. Um, and he, he was someone who was amazing in my formative years of real estate where uh, he wasn't a real estate agent. He was more a, a CEO and um, he worked with our business for 14 years um, and you know, was working with us after he retired at 84 years old. He, he sort of really helped me understand you know, the impacts of you know, KPIs and accountability. Um, so his name was Rob Roberts. Um, but I'm, like I said before, I'm, I'm so lucky that I've been able to meet so many people um, and tuck in under dad's wing. And whether it's, you know, I, I could be in virtually any state in Australia and pick up the phone and call a real estate agent and be able to sit down with them. And I, I just think that's amazing. And that's one of the amazing things about real estate as well. I just picture you're young and, and starting your real estate career again. What would you look for in a mentor? How would you go about finding a good mentor? Um, 
you know, I think before you're even looking for a mentor, you've actually really got to be open for it. Um, and and sort of but by that I mean you know, a lot of people think that you need a business coach and a business coach is going to tell you what you need to do and you've just got to do it and you've got to be successful. But I think if you're not going to be able to work with someone who's going to give you really strong feedback and you know, tell you when you're not doing a good job and tell you what you need to focus on, um, yes, they've got to have experience, but it doesn't need to be real estate experience. Um, th- that's sort of what I'm looking for, someone that's going to set you straight uh, and tell you like it is and not just make you feel good. Yeah, and you need to be open to that setting straight. Oh, you do. And I I think listening to feedback is probably the biggest skill that most real estate agents need to learn. Yeah. Looking back, what is it you wish you knew earlier or is it did did you have a learning experience that you'd like to share and and what you learned from it? I I think if I go back to sort of my, my early days in property management um you know I was managing a portfolio of properties pretty as a 23 year old guy and I, I think for me the biggest thing particularly when I think dealing with any client is is you've actually got to get on and do what you say you're going to do pretty quickly you know you can't procrastinate can't leave things we're dealing with people's biggest assets whether it be an investment whether it be the house that they sell so if you drop the ball you might not think it's big but they do so then as a property manager I, I learned that harsh lesson probably a few times yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure a lot of property managers would agree with you too. What advice would you have for young agents starting out right now in this crazy market based on all of your years of experience? If I was going to go back and, and sort of do it all again, I'd probably stop looking at the end result so much. You know, I think too many uh, young agents these days are looking for the partnership. They're looking for the flash car when what, what we really need to do and what, what I, I had to learn was it, it really comes down to making sure that you are a master at the basics, making sure that you, you, you're doing it every day and just really learning and practicing as much as you possibly can because you can't just wing life uh, and you can't wing real estate either. When it comes to learning, what are some of your favourite, we like to leave some links in the show notes for everyone um, for every episode, but what have been your favourite books or podcasts that you like to direct other people to? Uh, I think probably the, the biggest book that's influenced me has been the, the book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, yeah, that was, yeah, my, my dad's been massive with self-help. I remember going on, you know, those family trips where, you know, we'd drive from Melbourne to Queensland and listen to Zig Ziglar the whole way through. Um, but that, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People is probably the book that's impacted me in the life. They, uh, down here in Melbourne anyway, have an amazing course, um, which is sort of a 12-week, or it's an eight-week now, professional development course around public speaking and how to deal with people. Um, that, that, that's probably the thing that's impacted me the most. You have two sons. You just mentioned that you had kids. Yeah. Are you hoping that they'll follow you into the family business like you have with your dad? Um. <sighs> Yes and no. Um, I think, and my wife and I talk about this a little bit, and you know, if it's something that they really want to do, then I, I definitely won't stand in their way and I'll do everything I, that I can to help them do it. And um, But it's at the same time, if, if, if they're just doing it because they think they should do it, it's, it's not the sort of job that you can do that. So, um, you know, they're, they're being young. You know, my, my six-year-old was standing on the table doing an auction the other day. Um, oh, you know, my, my nine-year-old's done that as well. And I probably did that as a kid as well. And, you know, my nine-year-old talks about the fact that if he doesn't become an AFL footballer, that he's, he's going to be a real estate agent. 
Um, but you know, it's I, I'd love to get them involved as long as they want to. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's gorgeous that that they're practicing their auctioning skills. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cute. I've got some cool videos. So where to um, from here for Philip Webb for the next 50? I normally say where to for the next year, but I'm going to ask you where to for the next 50 years. I don't know. It, it's sort of, I, I guess, you know, for, for us, we're really looking at, you know, focusing on the eastern suburbs of Melbourne and making sure that we're um, as good as we can be in the areas that we are. You know, for me, I, I want to bring the next level of leadership through our business. I think we've, we've got uh, a business that's gone through a fair bit of change over the last 10 years. We've, we've got some people that have been with us for a long time and we've got some people who are relatively new. So we need to bridge that gap as quick as we possibly can. So like I said before, having that that leadership come through, creating whether it be team leaders, more sales managers, um, you know, if, if we feel the need to, to go out and open another office, then yeah, as long as everything's right, then we'll have a look at doing it. Well, Anthony, I'd like to thank you for um, joining me today on the podcast. It's been um, it's been interesting getting to know you, and thank you for sharing some of your leadership tips and knowledge with with everybody. We really appreciate it. The last question I ask everyone is is always the same because we've talked about a lot of stuff today. But if there was one final thought or tip that you'd like to leave everyone with, what would it be? Um, I, I still get back to the let, let's not look at the end result. You know, let's look at the steps that we need to take to get to the end result. I think, you know, there's, like I said, there's too many people that just focus on whether it be the sale or, you know, the, the title. Um, but if you can sort of master each step along your real estate journey, then it's going to put you in a much better position. Great advice, Anthony Webb. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.